I didn't tell my parents that I dropped out for maybe a semester or more. My, uh, my dad just told me a story recently from back around that time. I had told him in church, I, can't, I don't know how it came up, but he told me that, he goes, you whispered to me that you're in the top 2% in the world in the NBA Fantasy League on ESPN. And then my dad asked me what my grades were this semester in my port, and I said, ah, oh, shoot, I, I, you know what? I never looked, I'm gonna have to check. And my dad said, he, he's sitting there in church thinking, you're top 2% in the world in fantasy basketball and you don't even, you didn't even think to check your, your grades before Christmas. From Grindstone, this is Nebraska Made, a narrative journey through the lives of Nebraska's most inspiring business leaders. We unpack the intimate details of how our guests navigated obstacles and built their companies in pursuit of the good life. I'm JT Martin, and today we hear from the co-founder and CTO of Nebraska's tech startup darling, Ops Compass. Our guest today is the co-founder of one of Nebraska's hottest tech companies. I'm John Grange, and I'm co-founder and CTO of Ops Compass. Get to know the name Ops Compass because they have a lot of capital and a lot of momentum. See, Ops Compass essentially helps companies shift operations to the public cloud. And you might ask, what is the cloud exactly? Well, traditionally, businesses who wanted to have a website or maybe store customer data would have their own physical server at their office, which could do all of their computing for them. But let's say that there's maybe a blizzard in Texas and their server gets wiped out, or maybe all of a sudden they have a massive spike in website visitors and their one server just can't handle the whole workload. Well, with the cloud, your data is stored across hundreds of remote servers in different locations, and they're all connected through the internet. Meaning that if one server isn't enough, the cloud can automatically loop in more servers within that network to handle it. But what happens if you're putting all of your private customer data out there onto the cloud, and maybe some of it falls into the wrong hands? Well, Ops Compass was created to essentially make sure that you're checking all of the boxes to make the process run smoothly. And John Grange is the perfect person to build such a technology because he's been hacking computers in Nebraska since the early days of the internet. I was born in Grand Island, Nebraska, actually. I got in a little bit of trouble when I was a kid. Usually kind of the, the kid in class is maybe the class clown. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't do grade-wise, you know, academically, I didn't do very well. Kind of got really immersed in that kind of mid to late 90s online, early online culture, computer culture, hacker culture. I just loved the computer. It was basically unlimited things for me to do that were really interesting. I remember getting in trouble in a math class because it was geometry and I turned in my geometry homework. I wrote a program that basically computed the angles and drew them. And I got in trouble because it didn't work, but I had so much fun. And I actually learned a lot about how it worked because you had to write the code to make it work. Um, but I'm mischievous. So I also like to do things like I remember um, in middle school, you know, the dating, the dating scene in middle school is pretty, pretty serious. And a buddy of mine was dating, you know, dating this girl that uh, this girl that I knew I might have dated her at one point, too. But I thought it'd be really funny to spoof an email from him to her, because AOL was really big at the time. So it was totally plausible that somebody would get broken up with via AOL. You know, and I, I, I understood like mail relay servers and stuff. And I, you know, 
the next day at school, it's like all the, everybody's in a uproar about this couple broke up. And, uh, the whole thing was just, was me. And the guy, the guy never admitted it. He basically just let it go. Oh no. And just sort of acted as if he sent the email. I think he was confused, but the funny thing was, is I, <laughs> I thought it'd be really fun. So, wow. So then in college, you obviously wanted to study computer science, I would think. Well, I also, my parents and my family definitely did because that was my clear, my, my skill. And it didn't appear that I had too many other skills, but, um, as someone who likes to tread their own path, that basically meant that there was no chance I was going to go to college for <laughs> computer science, to be honest with you. So I actually went to college for commercial real estate finance. Different. Yeah. Yeah. When I got to college, man, I had like three computers in my dorm room and I loved that nobody knew me. Um, and I just like tried all sorts of stuff. My partner who ended up being my partner in our first company, we tried a number of, we did a bunch of stuff together too, that just kind of throwing stuff off the wall. And like, we had this great idea, actually, we were just too young and in the wrong city probably, but we went to real estate developers in Omaha who were developing out the West Dodge corridor. And we went to them and we said, if you give us a server closet and an internet connection, we're going to do this thing called virtualization. And we're going to give you the ability to offer any of these tenants the ability to plug into these servers, which means they'll only have to buy computers once. They won't have to refresh because all the computing's happening in the closet. We actually kind of took it a long way. And what we were eventually told by somebody who um, very well respected, um, leader of one of the, we got to the point where we were talking to like the head of a couple firms, basically like, hey, you guys are, you guys are way too young. And this is the type of thing that's a great idea, but you guys need to be in like Chicago or something with it because people in Omaha aren't going to pay for that. So John is getting experience creating companies and pitching investors while attending UNO. And around this time in the early 2000s, there was a new web content management platform. So similar to what WordPress would be today, but this one was called .NET Nuke. Well, John and his friends see an opportunity to build a data center and provide hosting for .NET new websites, which means essentially that they would provide the servers and the internet access for their clients. And the timing of this idea really could not have been any better. Companies were using .NET Nuke to build um, intranet portals for like corporate intranets, building websites. So we had this business, this little hosting business where we would host these .NET Nuke sites for like five and 10 bucks a month. And it was just timing and stuff. Web 2.0, you gotta understand in 2004 and five, every company basically at the same time was trying to make content management available on their website. They wanted forums, they wanted document management. I mean, it was just this explosion. And we were kind of, you know, we were right there, right time. Um, my partner and I were both very confident and both just sort of like, let's like literally just try everything because why not? And like maybe something will work. And this really started taking off. That's when I, we, like I said, we had like maybe seven, eight, nine, ten 10 employees by the time I really just kind of quit school. And actually I didn't tell my parents that I dropped out for maybe a semester or more. Wow. And I remember when we like made the decision because things were really going well to pay ourselves $40,000 a year, which like, I seriously remember having the thought in my head. It's like, I don't know if I'm even going to need any more, you know, just kind of that, you know, youthful, uh, naivete, you know, 
So that around that time that happened and we were still working out of the basement of, uh, of my partner at the time's house. And we pretty quickly grew and ended up in an office and, um, grew a lot. So that's kind of how college, that was really the nail in the coffin for college for me was that just very much demonstrably taking off. Yeah. And in the meantime, you're trying to convince your parents that you're still in college though. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily there was never a whole lot of evidence that I was in college outside of, uh, report cards and stuff. So maintaining the ruse wasn't too hard. <laughs> Noted. My, uh, my dad just told me a story recently from back around that time. I had told him in church, I, can't, I don't know how it came up, but he told me that he goes, you whispered to me that you're in the top 2% in the world in the NBA Fantasy League on ESPN. And then my dad asked me what my grades were this semester in, in my port. And I said, oh, shoot, I, I, you know what? I never looked. I'm going to have to check. And my dad said he, he's sitting there in church thinking, you're top 2% in the world in fantasy basketball and you don't even you didn't even think to check your your grades before Christmas. This this is a great example of young people. I, I wish that I could still do stuff like this. So we really wanted to make a name for ourselves. And we were already the biggest dotnet new coaster in the world. But like we were also, you know, when you're young when you're young like that, you have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, even though you just think that nobody respects you. And you just think that everybody thinks that you're just a couple kids, so you overcompensate a little bit. So there's this, Donnet Nuke got invited to this huge Microsoft conference called Dev Connections in Las Vegas. And Dev Connections is a big deal, it's at Mandalay Bay, and Donnet Nuke was gonna be a part of it. So that was a big thing for the community. Um, we we bought the platinum sponsorship to Dev Connections. So it's, it's like Dell, VMware, Infosys, and us. We had never really done a conference. We had the biggest freaking floor for a booth. And you know, you have to pay like union workers to do it. Like, so it, it was crazy. It cost a lot. And like, I looked- Did you see an ROI from that conference? We don't know. You know, like we, were me we weren't measuring. Now, what I would say is, heck yeah. Like, I think so. Hey, Nebraskans, have you or your business had to cancel an in-person event because of COVID? Grindstone is a media production firm who, among other things, specializes in live streamed events. Live streaming keeps you top of mind and engaged with your audience, and it's SEO gold right now. Visit grindstoneagency.com to learn more. You know, we we made a lot of we made a lot of money in a really short period of time. When you're young, you that affects you in different ways. Um, and we were doing really really well and had some exit offers and I ended up exiting out of that company before my partner did. Um, and the data center company that I had talked about before, the founder of that company in the intervening years kind of took us under his wing because we went from kids that they wouldn't sell anything to, to their second largest customer. Manny Cavedo was the founder, original CEO of the company. And Manny ended up being on our advisory board and getting on planes with me and you know, when you're a young executive, really, having somebody like that who will go, like I used to say, I need a gray hair on this one, because people try and do things to you when you're young that they just don't even try if you're just like look a little bit older. Um, so he was uh, at a similar stage with his company. They ended up having an exit there for like, it was like a nine figure exit. They did really well. Um, 
But Manny and I started an investment group called Layered Innovations. So John and his quote, gray hair partner, Manny Cavedo, team up and start Layered Innovations, or Layered I for short, and they start cranking out ideas. They build an ad tech platform with Dusty Davidson, who would go on to start Flywheel. They build a health tech data aggregator and wellness platform called Layered Health. They also continue to do hosting on the side for companies around Nebraska. They learn a lot about how to manage capital and navigate new industries. And they hit a few dead ends, but then finally in 2016, it dawned on John that the cloud had been evolving and that there'd soon be a massive shift towards public cloud services that are offered by companies like Amazon, Microsoft, and Google. And thus, Ops Compass was born. And it did not take long for John's predictions to come true. But these big companies all started talking to us at the time about, what do you know about AWS? What do you know about Microsoft Azure? And um, that really appealed to me. So I was, I was really interested. So um, we, we put together a couple little offers that we could sell that were cloud, basically like cloud kind of services where we'd help you get there. And I did some big consulting projects for um, a couple of like the large, like Fortune 500s in Nebraska that were related to cloud. And man, it was so, it just hit me like almost like the second meeting with this company that I won't name, but again, Fortune 500, um, like the second meeting in this cloud project, it just, hit, I'm like, none, no company like this will is going to be able to go to the cloud unless they have like a different, it's not just a different mindset. They're going to need like functionally different tools. I remember the moment when I told Manny, cause I, I'd already kind of conceptualized this thing. It's really amazing. I've got the, still have the little product plan that I put together for Ops Compass, and it wasn't called Ops Compass then. I, we call it Project Blue Compass because it was like a, a side project for us. And I said, Manny, just off of our reputations, like what we've done, he's like, we could go raise money for this. We can talk about compliance and infrastructure, and they can like look at our backgrounds, and like we're gonna get credit for like just who we are. And people are probably looking at you now at this point as you, you've already had big exits in the past. You're probably starting to get some hype. Yeah, we definitely were. This was like a big opportunity and we were early, not just on time, but we were early, which is great. So Mandy and I started kind of hitting the road fundraising. So we ended up shopping around a seed round that got oversubscribed. Like we were saying no by the end of it. We had like the most people at, at the time, it was the most people that had come to a Nebraska Angels uh, pitch thing. I mean, we had to we had to tell people, you know, that the, the round was closed. Like it was, it was an amazing um, response to our fundraise. And so like in 20, I think it was 18, that fourth quarter, we bought a company and closed on our seed round. It was really cool to like put that M&A deal together and playing fast and getting this, the, the funding round and going and then COVID hit like three weeks later. Um, it was really exciting. So yeah, we raised, we raised like $7 million, like three weeks before COVID hit. What was it specifically about Nebraska you think that really helped Ops Compass get its footing and grow? So there's, I've found that there's lots of opportunities to work with economic development and also universities in Nebraska that really helped us. I mean, we probably a few hundred thousand dollars we've gotten from the state over the years for these things. Um, so I think that that's good. It's a small enough place that you can get on the phone with people. Um, 
people that have money and that are fairly important mm -hmm. and they're not totally unreachable. Mm -hmm. I had lots of opportunities to go out to like Silicon Valley and I probably would have made a lot more money, honestly, but um, I really like it here. I also like to do what I want to do. And it just, I'm almost offended at the idea that I have to move just to do things that it just, to me, in my head, it doesn't make any sense. I shouldn't have to mm -hmm. live in any place specific. So it's just, I'm just stubborn and I'm going to probably, no matter what, continue to live here. John says that he's excited about 2021 because this is the first year that they haven't been working on an acquisition or closing a new round of funding. So his team is 100% focused on new growth. They've raised about 10 million in funding to date and they're on track to make some real noise in the years to come. I'm JT Martin and this has been a Grindstone production. Grindstone is one of the premier production and marketing firms here in Lincoln, offering everything you need to grow your business from video and podcast production to social media management and media buying. You can learn more by visiting grindstoneagency.com. My joke was always with the Ops Compass fundraise was, shoot, let's just put a, in the business plan, let's put the, we'll buy a building. That'll get funded in Nebraska in no time. Real estate. Yeah, they love it. You know, you have the startup idea, but uh, we're, we're gonna buy this building and the startup will be the first tenant. They love it. Nebraska investors love real estate. I like real estate too.